four and twelve without Rogers. Have you seen that team? Have you seen their head coach? The drop back with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, Joe Costanzo, and Sam Wilson. Welcome back to the Dropback Podcast. I'm Sam Lewis and joined today by one of the leading and best writers in NFL UK and new podcaster, Ty Babu. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I wouldn't go with leading and best. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I, I kind of just do stuff more than anybody else. You know, whether that means I'm good or not is entirely up for other people's interpretation. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad to be here. No, they're all excellent articles. I mean, you write for such a broad number of websites now that I didn't want to list them all because I was afraid yeah, that would yeah. take over the entire show. <laughs> but but the um, the podcast you have just started with, is it with Gridiron Extra? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it is the Franchise 33 NFL show. It's with three other lads who usually do it with. Yeah, yeah, three other lads, James, Mark, and Ben, who's the founder uh, top man of gridiron extra so yeah it's, it's, we're just in the early stages we haven't reached our bye week yet I, th- I think we're week four week three so it's early stages but it's not too bad at the minute yeah it's kicking off really well it's definitely worth a listen if you haven't had a managed check out yet i do have a question are the titles of the episodes are they meant to be like a play on the old friends title thing yeah 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 um that was just kind of like we were just chatting away on messenger and um I was watching Friends at the time. Obviously, it's kind of the big deal back in the news this week or last week. And, um, yeah, it's just kind of an ingenious way the Friends writers did it. It's nobody goes, oh, did you watch episode of the Big Bang Theory as an example of like the Large Hadron Collision, whatever. You know, it's just, oh, that's the one where Sheldon got angry. You know, it's, yeah. it's just so, um, yeah, it was just kind of an easy one to get yeah. away with. It's smart. I haven't seen it before in the podcast realm, and there are so many NFL podcasts out there, but you managed to find a niche already, so that's pretty impressive. Yeah. So in terms of your football history, I mean, anyone listening to your voice would maybe be a bit confused why you're a huge Detroit Lions fan, because it's not someone that people usually choose. Do you want to fill people in a little bit on that background? Oh, yeah. Well, I was born there, um, but I've lived here since I was like two years old, so... Um, but, but that's my team. Like my dad's family still live there. Um, we've been there back a few times on holiday and things like that. So that was always going to be my team. Um, once the NFL kind of started showing on TV, that was like, oh, well, the Detroit Lions are my team. So see, you've got the Honolulu blue on today. Yeah, I thought just, you know, in honor, is that why your background's all, it's everywhere you go, just painted in that color. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is. It's, it's, it's matches the settees as well. So it's kind of the thing. <laughs> Yeah, so just unlucky with teams that you've lived near then. Is that just the, the streak how it is? Yeah, that's just how it is. A lot like in, in kind of like when I was little, Newcastle were obviously very good. Um, like they got a few FA Cup finals and things like that. That's just kind of the nature of um, like our football as opposed to the NFL where obviously it's much more, there's only one championship, so at the end of the season, there's only there's 31 losers anyways. Um, that's just the nature of the beast with that. That's quite a nice way of looking at it. Oh, we're not the worst. We're just one of the losers. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's, it's, and the thing is, is like you go nine and seven, as some teams do, and then they lose in the first round of the playoffs and you get like a worse draft pick. Mm. You know, so to me, it's always like, oh, well, you know, at least we got like, you know, pick four or 
the seventh overall pick or whatever. So it's it's the losing is just the the end result. It's more so the performances that annoy me. Yeah, I mean that performances, especially over the last few years with Matt Patricia, Dan Campbell comes in, seems to have been ready to shake things up. You must be absolutely buzzing to see a little bit more aggression on the pitch now. Yeah, I, th- I think that's one of the key things. Um, like, particularly as, like, historically, obviously, the Lions have been kind of the losers of the NFC North, um, like the basement dwellers. So you kind of have to get up and at least show some fight so many times watching Lions games. And again, this is the thing I understand. Winning and losing is part of sport. You're going to lose games. That's just the nature of the beast. Um, but it's how you lose games. And so often, particularly in the Patricia era, Lions teams would just kind of roll over and... and just completely collapse and so that was kind of the real disappointment i mean it, it looks like he's putting his money where his mouth is as well building up those lines from the in out so like you look at the draft you get alin mcneil levi Unzu, uh, i can't pronounce that last name i'm not even gonna try i'll mess <laughs> it up and panay Seul. is that a class you're excited for because a lot of people they go with oh we don't really have any skill positions that we want to be a fun team but that's not really how you end up winning in the nfl no, it's not how you end up winning, and, and it's kind of the reverse of what they did in the Stafford era. For so long, they tried with so many different skill position players in the Stafford era, but they never had any kind of fundamentals in terms of offensive line, defensive line, a running game to kind of match any of that. So while on paper it was, oh, look, let's draft receiver X or let's draft Eric Ebron or whoever, mm-hmm. and we'll get him to throw the ball to them, on paper, it sounded good, but in reality, it didn't really work because Stafford was under pressure so often. And he, you know what I mean? So it's just, you can't pass to anyone if you've got, and we saw in the Super Bowl, Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And he couldn't pass to anyone that day because he just had pressure all the game. And that's like on a, at the highest level. So it's just, you have to build foundations before you can kind of add everything else. Yeah, absolutely. And to be fair, the Lions already had some foundational pieces on that O-line. It might be one of the most underappreciated units in the league coming into this year. So I'm excited what you'll be able to do. On Jared Goff, where do you stand on this? Do you view him as, all right, he's a stopgap, he was part of the Stafford trade, or is there a little bit of hope in you that he'll be your quarterback going forwards? Um, no, I, I hope he turns out to be the quarterback going forward because I think, what, is he 26, going on 27? So he's not old. Um and he's got a lot of experience under his game. I think all Lions fans will probably feel he's a stopgap. That's just because when you've got multiple first-round picks over the next few years, that's just the nature of the beast. Everyone's going to link the Lions with every quarterback that comes through the draft the next few years. Um, I will say this, though, on Goff, like, it's, it's up to him to change that narrative. You yeah. know? Like, he's not old. Like, it's not, for example, like a Teddy Bridgewater situation or a Ryan Fitzpatrick situation. Like, here's a guy, whether... You like him or not, he's enjoyed a lot of success in the NFL. Um, how much you want to give to him and how much you want to give to Sean McVay is entirely up to you. I will say on that is it's unfair when they were really good to give all the credit to Sean McVay and when they weren't so good, it's really unfair just to pin it all on Goff because it doesn't work like that. But he's got the opportunity to change that. I think all Lions fans think he's a stopgap. But at 26 years old, good offensive line, and he's got a chance, like... It's not like he's going to be... He's got 17 games in 2021 to kind of prove to people, oh, look, I can be the quarterback here. So I hope he is, but only time will tell. Yeah, especially in a season where people aren't really expecting too much from Goff. I think people, generally fans around the NFL, seem to be pretty low on him anyway. But 
I mean, you mentioned with a good O-line and that seemed to be the issue with Goff in LA that when that, when their big O-lineman sort of left in free agency or went down injured, that was really when he struggled. It's a pressure thing for Goff rather than a skill set. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, uh, kind of makes me laugh. Obviously we've seen as a Lions fan, I say, oh, well, Goff isn't very good under pressure and, and you know, he isn't, but like, Again, I go back to the Super Bowl, and this was like the highest level of pressure you'll see from the books. But like Patrick Mahomes on a night, he couldn't get that job done because there was so much pressure. Like most quarterbacks, when they're under pressure, don't play as well as what they do when they're not under pressure. Yeah, that's that's, just, that's all the point of getting pressure on the quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like um, even the NFC Championship game with, with Rogers. Rogers obviously was the MVP elect at that time, and he had come through a fairly not easy schedule, but a middling schedule where he had teams that didn't really get after him. And the books got after him that day. And again, he, he struggled. And, and that is the MVP quarterback. So I find it bizarre when people say, oh, well, Goff, you know, he's not very good under pressure. I mean, most quarterbacks play gets worse under pressure than when they're not under pressure. You know, I mean, Tom Brady's kind of the poster boy of that, you know, where when he's got heat, those two Super Bowl defeats, he's really struggled, but, you know, 20 years he's been pretty good you know <laughs> might be the understatement of the last 20 years but yeah yeah <laughs> I mean you're right I think mainly the issue people have with Gov's first of all that pressure thing which as you said is an issue with all quarterbacks but it's that he's not really a playmaker he fits more in that Brady mold and it's a, more of a point guard kind of guy he's not going to make he doesn't have that x factor in the same way doesn't mean that he can't be a top level quarterback though yeah, yeah, and, and this kind of the strange irony of it all is the Lions had a guy who was full of X-Factor in that Stafford could make any throw from any arm angle or any position or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Could do everything. Um, didn't really net the Lions any wins. I, th- I think Goff is a game manager, and I get that's not the spectacular thing, but it's not, also, it's, it's not even a bad thing. Like, the quarterback gets to touch the ball more than any other player on the field. You have to manage the game. You know, you can't make, you got to make good decisions. You can't turn the ball over. You have to get the players, uh, the ball out to your skill position players quickly and on, on time. Uh, and Goff can do those things. He's not, he's not going to, you know, do what Stafford did. That, that's just never going to happen. He's just different player. But I, I don't see why people, it's almost like people are down on Goff just because he isn't as like, as brash or as exciting to watch as what, other quarterbacks are, which is fair enough. You know, it's, it's I, I get that because ultimately we live in a world of highlights and Twitter clips and everything else. But um, like I said, there's decent fundamentals there. I think I think his biggest thing is, is he just needs confidence. Yeah, and he's had, what, four years in the NFL where people are like, oh, the only reason he's successful is because you've had Sean McVay talking in your ear. Like, there's the whole thing that, oh, Sean McVay's speaking in his ear until the mic cuts out in his helmet. So it's yeah. like, oh, what can Goff actually do? Is he just an extension of McVay? Is it? It's a good opportunity for him to prove himself, though. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like I says, I think what I will say is, obviously, through the OTAs and kind of this early off-season period, he's come in with the right attitude. It would have been easy to be like, well, woe is me. The Rams cut me. or oh, they traded me away. I'm here on a team that's going to not win many games in 2021. You know, like, I didn't, I didn't do anything to deserve this type of thing. He could have came in feeling sorry for himself, but he's kind of come in and already turned up at OTAs he's trained with his wide receivers and his running backs. So there's kind of, he's come in with the right work, I think, which is going to be key if he is to prove to everyone that he's the long-term quarterback. Yeah. And it says that it's one of his former 
your new GM used to be with the Rams and is happy to go trade for golf. So it's not like there's any scared in the past. He knows what he's getting there. And I think you touched on it with the world of Twitter highlights and highlights because we spoke about it last week when we talked about our MVP. It's like, oh, whoever's the most highlights, you're going to get the award. It doesn't matter really about actual play between the lines because the amount of people that watch the full replay of games is very limited. Yeah. And the issue you have with then is, yes, you may get a Mahomes or a Josh Allen, but you also may get a 2019 Josh Allen or a Drew Locke just because they have that playmaking ability doesn't mean that they're going to win you consistent games. No, 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 not at all. It's, it's um, But yeah, it's a completely different thing. Like I said, it, it seems like everyone just wants highlight real quarterbacks um, where guys like, you know, pure pocket passers can still be successful in the NFL. I'll, I'll, I'll believe that till till I die because the whole role of the quarterback ultimately is to pass the ball accurately you know, to, to yeah. his teammates. So I, I don't see why people are kind of down on guys like Cousins and Goff who are kind of all in that similar bracket, mm. but that's just the nature of the beast. Yeah, it's weird because, I mean, the issue you have with those two, I think, that you don't have with Brady as much is they've got a much lower floor. So people are like, right, if you're going to have bad games anyway, would you not want a Josh Allen or a Matty Stafford who can make that ball when when it's all on the line kind of thing. But we've seen that Josh Allen had a breakout year, but Matt Stafford, was it what one game where he had over 11, one season where he had over 10 wins as a Detroit Lion, despite all that yeah, talent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it also shows how much of, yes, the quarterback's important, um, but so is everything else around him. Which again, I think the books kind of showed that to the maximum in terms of what they put around Brady in terms of an offensive line, a running game, an amazing skill position core that like Brady didn't even have to be amazing. He just kind of had to be just normal. He just had to play at a normal level and not make mistakes. Um, when quarterbacks don't have that, this is why Stafford never was successful because outside of, and the thing is he got the bad years of Calvin Johnson where Calvin was always beat up and he was playing hurt a lot of the time. Outside of Calvin Johnson, stuff I didn't have anything or anyone else to go to. It was a few years in the late years with Kenny Golladay and Marvin Jones Jr., but then obviously, you know, the, not key the part same level. Which, Those are like good yeah, players. Yeah, yeah. They're not. They're, they're good not. players, you know. Um, so it was the one thing where so much of it is like team. We, we get too obsessed with quarterback X and this quarterback does this and this. It's, it's, it's so much more. You need a good team around you to be successful, I think, in the NFL. Yes. Some players will win more games in two-minute drills before halftime or before the end of the game. But generally speaking, you know, good teams are good teams. Like the uh, the 49ers got to the Super Bowl. Garoppolo, you wouldn't say... Nobody would say Garoppolo is a top-10 quarterback. But because everything else kind of functioned around him, he didn't have to be. You know, he just had to not make mistakes, which he did. Yeah, which again is in that golf... um... Cousins bracket, if you get that guy with the pieces around him, they will win games. Yeah. Which you saying that it does bring me on to the question that I know you're not a fan of is Aaron Rodgers, because that is basically his entire argument and some of the Packers fans for being unhappy with the way he's been treated. But you don't necessarily agree with, oh, woe be me, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, I don't understand that at all. Um, I would understand it still if it was the old GM and Mike McCarthy still in charge, but. He got Mike McCarthy fired. You Arguably know, rightfully. When yeah, yeah, yeah. D- deservedly so. But so that was like when people say, oh, the Packers never gave Rogers what he wanted. That was the biggest person, 
the two biggest people in an organization are the head coach and the quarterback, mm. you know, and, and on that decision, the Packers organization sided with Rogers and, and rightfully so. They then got one of the new offensive wonder kid gurus in Matt LaFleur. They have two back-to-back 13 and three seasons. They go to the NFC championship in both of those seasons. They pay David Bakhtiari a huge amount to protect him. They had Corey Lindsley at center. I know they let him go this year, but they had him last year. Um, Devontae Adams was always going to develop into a very good receiver. I didn't think he was going to be an all-pro wide out like he's become, but I always felt there was the raw skills there. And then what you think on the defensive side, that Packers defense under Mike McCarthy wasn't very good. They got rid of Dom Capers, who Packer fans didn't like as well. Um, they got Jair Alexander, Rashawn Gary they drafted, who's going to be a superstar in this league. Adrian Amos is a very good player as well. I just I don't understand why you have an organization that have generally catered, you know, and then he said last week it's not the Jordan Love thing. So I don't understand what is it that he's what is it that he's upset about? You know, I, I can't understand that because I think it boils down to this. The greatest quarterback, whether you want to say arm oh, talent and blah blah blah, the greatest quarterback in terms of wins and success in the NFL is Tom Brady. Tom Brady went to Lambeau Field and he turned the ball over three times. If you can't win that game, you can't go upstairs and say, well, that's your fault. You know? It's the players on the field. And Rodgers is one of those players. He can't absolve himself. It's this bizarre illusion Rodgers has done. I read a tweet a few weeks ago saying they would have went 4-12 without Rodgers. 4-12 without Rodgers. I mean, have you seen that team? Have you seen their head coach? Like, really? Yeah. You know, like they'd Ford still might be that. a little bit hyperbole. I was winning the NFC North last year. I'm not sure how much of an ask that was. No, you know, like, like they'd still win that division without Aaron Rodgers. You know, they wouldn't be a 13 and three team, but they'd probably still be a nine or 10 win team. You know, I just don't understand how everything the organization have done so much for Rodgers, and ultimately, he's won one Super Bowl there. Mm. You know, for all for all the greatness, and you can go back to the MVP year where, you know, people were saying like, he's rewritten the books on quarterback play. I think this was 2011, 2012, when the Giants went there and won. And it's just like, at what point are you going to be like, you got to go look yourself in the mirror? You know, Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. I'm not, I'm never going to um, be like, oh, he's, he's average and blah, 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 because that's just, it's just not the case. But this... This like idea that like I've done everything I possibly can to win a Super Bowl and the Packers organization of of not held their end of the bargain up is just wrong. It's just so wrong. Yeah. I, I I don't understand how um like like what 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 is what his beef is with them. Like what what's his problem? Um, do, you, do you think a part of that is that when he looks at say when Brady went to um Tampa and when Mahomes has now proven himself in Kansas City that they the organizations go out of their way to build this offense around them to give them the pieces so there is no excuse and then you you mentioned Devontae Adams but the pieces around it like St. Brown, Vada Scantling, Alan Lazard they're not top yeah. tier pieces he's got one really go-to yeah. piece um, he's making pro bowlers out of people like Robert Tunyon yeah no I, I, I'd accept all that um, like, like, like those are fair um, kind of points to make but I would also say like for example, Jordy Nelson, they kept Jordy Nelson around way longer than what he should have done just because Rogers liked him. 
you know, Nelson was never the same after he came back from that injury. I want to say in 2015, I might be wrong on that. It was somewhere around those seasons. Not about that date, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was never the same afterwards, you know, but they still brought him back because Rogers liked him. So you've got to kind of also take the good with the bad in that situation that, yes, Tom Brady is getting his decisions and his guys signed in Tampa Bay, but there's a reason why. And that's because he had six Super Bowl rings when he went there. You know, yeah. like he's lost more Super Bowls than the books have played in before last season. You know, Aaron Rodgers, again, for whatever reason, when they've had 15 and one seasons and he's been this, this and this, it hasn't happened for him in the playoffs. And I don't know why it's not one thing. But at some point you got to say, like, have I been good enough? Like, have I got the job done? You know, and, and there's plenty of times where you could say, oh, well, he didn't get the job done. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think you hit the nail on the head that it's not just one issue in the Packers. It's just you look at that front office, like, right, in 2019, they got to the NFC Championship game and were absolutely torched on the ground by the 49ers. And yes, granted, the 49ers are one of the best running teams we've seen over the last however long. But then you don't, in- you don't then address your run defense. And it sort of costs you again against Tampa Bay. Yes, Tom Brady um, three turnovers, Rodgers should do better, but the fact is they can't get them off the field on third downs. And it's like, are you actually going to address the real issues here? Because your drafts, yes, you're getting good players, but it seems to be like building on strength rather than addressing the few weaknesses that team has. It just seems bizarre to me. No, it is. And I think think their drafting strategy for a while has kind of puzzled, I think, most people outside of like the Packers universe but I will say like it kind of it, it works for them like did they seem to unearth players and how much credit you give Rodgers for making them into players and vice versa I, I don't know because that's almost an impossible question to answer I, I just feel like if it was going to happen for the Packers it would have happened last year they had everything in their favour a home game in Lambeau Field against a warm weather team Brady played probably his worst game of that postseason run, and, and it still didn't happen. It's it still, and everyone was saying, "Oh well, why not go for it?" And it, it was too late by then, you know. And, and it just feels like the whole, like, like Rogers' greatest trick is this: like when he wins, it's because he's a genius, and when they lose, it's everybody else's fault except for him. Now, having watched NFC North football my whole life. If you play six games against the Vikings, the Bears, and the Lions, you should look like a genius. You know, you should go five and one at the least. You might lose an away game in Chicago or in Minnesota, but you should look like an MVP caliber quarterback. Do you know what I mean? And then the fact that generally most years in the NF- NFC, anyways, you're gonna have at least at least one, maybe two bad teams, or in some cases three, like the NFC East last year. You're gonna have a lot of kind of poor teams. Yeah, and you look at the NFC last year, the three teams in the NFC East that didn't make the playoffs were all terrible. The Bears looked in because of the seventh spot, and they couldn't go. You know, and they, they got waxed by New Orleans. The Vikings weren't very good. The Lions weren't very good. The Panthers were terrible. The Falcons were terrible. The Saints were kind of hanging on, but that was about it. Like there was only maybe, and then obviously you had the West with the Forty ers getting every player seemed like getting injured and the Cardinals just kind of 
being okay, but nothing more than okay. So you only really had maybe four or five teams that were actually good. Yeah. And again, Rodgers is, he is by far and away the best player I've ever seen against bad football teams. And again, my team haven't been a very good football team for the last however many years when he's played against them. And he looks phenomenal. But people always think, like, like you go to the Hail Mary game. Um, there was a Thursday night game at Ford Field. And I think the Lions were like 1-7 or 1-8 going into that game, right? And, and, and well, this is the crazy thing. And everyone remembers the Hail Mary play. Rodgers was terrible that day. Yeah. You know, that was the Hail Mary obviously won the game. And you're thinking, this is Aaron Rodgers going in against a 1-8 team that he almost never loses to. And yet he needed a Hail Mary play on a tic-tac flag to, to save the game. And everyone remembers the Hail Mary. Nobody remembers everything else. You know, it's it's this, it's this like, it goes back to the highlight reel thing. Rodgers is a highlight reel quarterback, but in big decisions over his career, and people can think me if they want, but he hasn't won a Super Bowl since 2011. Yeah, there's a reason for that as you well. Know, isn't like, it? Yeah. yeah, like Peyton Manning, when when Peyton Manning was finished um, in that run to Super Bowl 50, I know Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware and that defense was phenomenal, but Manning put two touchdown passes on a dime in the AFC Championship game, Owen Daniels. There were some key third-down conversions in the first drive of the Super Bowl that got them into field goal range that gave, gave them a points lead, which with that defense, that was all they really needed. So even Manning at that age where he was so limited, he still did the right things at the biggest moments where mm. Rodgers, and again, you can always say, oh, well, he never had the weapons in this year and year, this year and this. He's always in the postseason except for that one year he got injured. How many people can you blame that's been there for the last decade? You know, the Packers haven't played in the Super Bowl since 2000, the 2010 season, the 2010-11 season, as I like to call it. You know, like, you can't just blame everybody else that's been in that building. And I just don't understand this whole, um, like, bizarre thing that, like, yeah, the, the Packers never helped me. You know, yeah. I, I, just, I just don't understand it. It's two ways of looking at it, isn't it? There's that way and there's also the way it's like, oh, do they even make all those playoffs without Aaron Rodgers? And you, you've, you've argued that with the NFC North. Yeah, you're going to get six wins automatically there, so you only need a few more wins. So I suppose people are going to have to look back on it. And if you don't like the point of view, hit him up on Twitter. He'll be he'll be absolutely fine to clap back at you. It's Ty Babu 1, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's, it's, I've, I've, like, Rodgers is a great quarterback. First ballot Hall of Famer. And everything else, he deserved the MVP last year. So it's not like it's not like I'm taking credit away from him for his insane ability to play quarterback. But I just find it odd that, like, like for example, you look at the uh, the Patriots won the Super Bowl the first time if, of the last decade against the Seahawks. I don't think they were a great team. You know, like nobody would ever see Danny Amendola, or Julian Edelman, and whoever else outside of Gronkowski, um, Brandon LaFell, and whoever are you know all world, all pro receivers. And yet Tom yeah. Brady did it against arguably the greatest defense that I've ever seen in the Legion of Boom. Do you know what I mean? That fourth quarter, I think he went seven for eight on a four minute drive that resulted in the go ahead. You know, like, so people can say, oh, well, this player didn't have the weapon. Peyton Manning didn't have the weapons at Super Bowl 50. Yet they still managed Peyton Manning to wasn't do- a weapon himself by exactly, Super Bowl 50. To be exactly. Fair. <laughs> you know, but they still managed to do the biggest moments in their favor. And, and and that's where I always say Rogers is a step below those two players in particular, which is why, like, again, I don't understand it. Like you could say Brady never had weapons, particularly in the recent Super Bowl, like the first Super Bowl 
dynasty that the Patriots had. You could argue Brady was like Garoppolo and he was just kind of a very good game manager. They had Corey Dillon in the backfield and whoever else and an amazing defense. And he just kind of had to be a game manager. The recent Super Bowls that they won in New England, you could argue that the Patriots weren't an amazing team. Yeah, they just knew how to win when it got tough almost. Exactly. Where Rodgers has never done that in Green Bay. Yeah. Do you think that's the thing? I'm trying to think of a comparison, but it's just one of those that when the chance he will win games, he's going to win. But then when it sort of gets tight, he never, he doesn't have that extra level almost. That clutch sort of, yeah. It's not that he doesn't have the clutch sort of thing because you see the the Detroit one and then I know they lost the game, but the double um, Hail Mary against Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. It's just bizarre that they haven't ever taken that next step and even lost another Super Bowl. Yeah. I I know what you're saying. It, It shows actually how difficult it is to get there. But you would have thought if you'd said to anyone after the when they won the Super Bowl, they'll never get there again. Um, you would have thought, really? Not get there at all. And and like I said, it's it's I, th- I think the one thing Rogers isn't, and this is going to be controversial, is I don't think he's a great leader. Um, like you go back to the Seattle game, the NFC championship that they blew, um, the second time Seattle went to the Super Bowl against the Patriots. That was the kind of game where you just like once Seattle got that last-minute momentum, it was just panic. Panic just spread through, like wildfire through anyone wearing green and gold that day. And I just feel like someone like Brady can cut, like he can manage almost every player, mm. whether they're on defense, offense, or special teams. I don't think Rodgers has ever he, – he's never come across that to me. He kind of comes across as kind of aloof from his teammates. I'm not saying like these teammates dislike him or what, but it's almost like, well, you guys – you guys just do whatever and I'll play quarterback, you know, instead of you see Brady is always constantly at them. Says, well, one more drive. We've got to do this. We've got to do this. He's constantly at his teammates all the time. And I'm not sure Rogers is that type. That's not to say, obviously, that he could be behind the scenes, but he just doesn't seem. He's not a rah-rah kind of leader. Yeah, he's not. No, no, no. And, and I don't know, like, I don't know if I was a player, I probably wouldn't respond to Rogers as much as I would if I've got someone like, Brady going, oh, we've got to do this. We've got to, you know, stop them on third down. If they go forward and forth, still got to be alert. Special teams, you have to be aware of, you know, punt return or blah, blah, blah. And, and that to me is much more motivating than Rogers is, where Rogers is almost like, it's almost like he's content to win the individual accolades without necessarily like, eh, well, you know, I won MVP. What did you guys do this year? Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that one because you felt that if he, if that had been the case, you've got to question if this issue would have surfaced this offseason because, like, you're right, he did win the MVP last year. So if he's just satisfied with that, I'm not sure he's going to have an issue with the team. Oh, no, no yeah, yeah. Like, I think he wants to win the Super Bowl, but it's, it's, I'm saying it more from a point of view of, like, well, I won MVP. I, I held my end of the bargain up. Okay. You know, like, what did you guys do? Which, t- to me, it's, 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 it's kind of a cop-out almost. Like I said, I, I, feel, I feel like... Yeah, he's like Alex Rodriguez. I think you were coming with the clutch thing. Rodriguez was the best baseball player in the regular season that I've ever seen. Whether, you know, he was cheating or not, I don't know, right? But he was the best baseball player I ever saw in the regular season. But in the playoffs, he really, really struggled. Just for whatever reason. And it just happens to some people. Like, for example, Eli Manning wasn't a great regular season quarterback. And then his two Super Bowl runs, he was phenomenal. Mm. And he just kind of... It's just a weird... um, situation i will say this you play in green bay as a quarterback that's a lot of pressure like like that is that is 
like and again, I'm, I'm happy to say this. They are one of the banner franchises of the NFL, of, of football history. Like they were a big deal before the Super Bowl era and before the NFL kind of became this behemoth that it is. That's a lot of pressure playing quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. It's a one, it's a small town, it's a one sport town, and you are there. It's not like, for example, the Lions. Oh, we'd love to win it. It's just, no, hang on. You play for the Green Bay, you're meant to win championships here, you know? Yeah. Well, we're not supposed to go a decade without making it to the Super Bowl. That doesn't happen in Green Bay. And that's, that's a tough thing for anyone to deal with, regardless of what kind of status you're on. That pressure in that town. It's just because it's so like upset. It's almost like an obsession for the Packers. That's a big deal. And you've got all these streets named after all these legends that have been there. And you see all the jerseys that have been retired and everybody that's in the Hall of Fame. You feel like that's, that's a lot to live up to here. <laughs> you know, it, it, you know it, it, would, it would pressurize me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and to be fair, you say he does deal with that pressure well. I just remember going back to that relaxed season where they were in the dumps and the whole media's crowding. I was like, it's fine. We do have this. So that's you look at that, it's like, you know what? Not every leader is a rah-rah guy. Sometimes players have to be told, you know what? Just calm down. Do your jobs. We'll be fine. It sort of goes back to that, the Bill Belichick, do your, jo- do your individual jobs and we'll win this. But I suppose we'll see if he ends up. I mean, he's. we reckon he's going to be playing in Green Bay this year still, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I never for one second felt he's he's leaving. Um, he, he would have left the organization this year. 2022, I think it's different because ultimately when you draft a quarterback and you trade up to draft a quarterback, you have automatically kind of put an expiration date on your incumbent quarterback. Mm. You know, Jordan Love will play quarterback for the Green Bay Packers at some point, but not in 2021. I, th- I, think, I think that's Rogers' season. And the thing is, this is a crazy thing. Like for all this off-season talk that will just be fish and chip paper tomorrow. Um, like, they'll be a really good team again. They're going to be 13, you know, 13 and 4, something like that. Like, uh, so, and, and the thing is, nobody would be surprised if they went to the Super Bowl. Like, like, like that's, that's the crazy thing yeah. about it. So, yeah, yeah, he'll, he'll be there. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if they did even better in terms of regular season record in 2021 just with that extra game i mean the story then is like oh look what aaron Rodgers did without even any help from his front office yeah 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 well that's what i'm saying like he he, he is he is a, a master manipulator of, of storylines and narratives and that's what really kind of annoys me is that like I, not I, I the watch... beating you every season no no because like winning and losing again what i said before it's just, it's just part of life you know what i mean mm. Football team's going to lose. Football team's going to win sometimes. That's just the nature of the beast with the NFL, particularly the NFL, because it's so kind of competitive in terms of and any given Sunday, anything can happen. But in terms of like, yeah, because I have a lot of respect for the Packers as an organization. Like I said, they are one of the banner franchises and it feels like here's this guy who's come in almost like a Johnny come lately, you know, because it wasn't like Favre. When Favre went there, they weren't very good. Like they had gone 20, 25 years without, Super Bowl trips and, you know, the Bears and the Barry Sanders Lions were kind of the teams to beat in the mid-80s, early 90s. When Favre went there, they weren't very good at all. Rogers had that platform of, well, we win the NFC North every year. You know, like, yeah. he, he'd walked into a team that had beaten down its three divisional rivals by that point. Yeah. You know? So all he had to do, again, it's win nine games in the NFC North. Generally, you're going to win the division. Maybe nine, ten games, and that's it. Like, happy days. So he had that platform to build upon. And I just feel like it's just so wrong. Like you'd think he like the Packers were like a two and fourteen perennial team before he went there. And then that like 
he's, he's this miraculous savior and, and that he's took them to new heights. Just like I said, it, it's it's the highlight thing of um people watch some of his games, and again, invariably they're against like the Bears or the Lions or the Vikings, and he does some ridiculous play. That's one moment in one game in a 17 or a 16 game season. Everyone's like, oh, crown that man the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm like, it doesn't work like that. You know, like what happens when he plays a good team? He invariably loses. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough argument you're making there because a whole lot of people have got it entrenched now that Aaron Rodgers is the greatest talent we've ever seen. And from a talent perspective, it is hard to dispute that, but I can see where you're coming from with that. Yeah, although that kind of really grinds my gears is like people now like make up, and I saw this after the Super Bowl uh, with a load with loads of Chiefs fans that um, oh Tom Brady might be the goat, but but um, but Patrick Mahomes is the boat, the best of all time. And I'm like, to be hang fair, on. I hate I hate the whole goat boat thing anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, I I hate it too, and like people people kind of change the argument or change the narrative to fit their argument. So like for example, in the Brady Rogers debate, to me it's not even close, right? Because like talent can only take you so far. You know what I mean? You got to eventually put that talent into some sort of success, mm. you know, and, and, and marry it all up. And, and people are always going like, oh, well, this, this player has the most talent. It's, good. it's descended into the point where like, for example, Trevor Lawrence, this isn't a knock on Trevor Lawrence. Hopefully he'll be great for the Jags, but people will be like, oh, well, he, he's, the, he's, the, he's the greatest quarterback in terms of hairstyles. It's just, <laughs> it's just descending into this nonsensical argument. Oh, well, you know, he, he looked great in those green jerseys. You know, it's just like, there's one best player of all time, right? Don't just change an argument just to suit your own narrative. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, do you, do you think that comes from the whole social media list kind of thing and the fact that if, so, if you say someone's fine, it doesn't mean they're bad. It just means they're not great because great is such an overused term nowadays. Oh, so yeah. it's like, that it's like, right, he's, he's a good player. Like Kirk Cousins is a good player. Yeah. That doesn't mean he's bad. He's just not an elite level talent. He's not a top three guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I think it's totally born out of the social media world where like everyone has to label something. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and like, you see, you'll see a play and it's like, oh, this is the greatest play I've ever seen. And it, you know, and it's like, well, it happened like two seasons ago, you know, and like week nine against this team. I was like, yeah, it's it does come from that because um, people are just kind of like so not not entrenched in their own views because I feel like you gotta have conviction in your own opinions, but it's just like everyone's gotta have like oh well he's the too greatest. antagonistic. Your yeah. like other people's views can't matter because they dis- disagree with what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, people think, and, and again, I'm not a Rogers fan, but if you ask me, like if I was the Hall of Fame induction person. Right? Would I induct Aaron Rodgers into the Hall of Fame? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Do you know what I mean? That guy is a Hall of Fame quarterback, no doubt about it. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm, I love him. That doesn't. That doesn't. Just because I don't like him, doesn't mean he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. It's just so bizarre the whole. Because um, like I got, I got this with with Mahomes after the Super Bowl. I didn't think Patrick Mahomes had a great game in the Super Bowl. How could he? You know mm. what I mean? Like he's had, he got turf toe, just got beaten from pillar to post. And he and he tried his best, and I was like, just relax. I mean, he tried his best. It just happens. Like sometimes teams lose, you know. And it's like, was like, oh well, did you see that throw he made? It was amazing. He ran around and he did. And I was like, dude, I watched the quarterback do that for twelve years, you know. And nobody said anything then. Oh, they did once he moved to the Rams. Loads of no look Stafford passes started emerging on Twitter. Well, 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 well that's the thing. <laughs> um, it is is like this year. Like if he plays well, 
everyone's just going to be like, oh, oh my God, Matthew Stafford could do all this. And I'm like, I watched this for 12 years and, and, and everybody just ignored him. I always say like, and again, Mahomes is great, but before Patrick Mahomes, there was Matthew Stafford in terms of a cannon for an arm. He could throw from anywhere and do any, you know, get concussions and separated shoulders and still come back and lead his team to game winning drives. And everyone's like, well, you know, what was so good about him? Six and 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's just the quarterback debate on Twitter is so bizarre, and you're right. Like people go, oh, like I I don't really have an opinion on Kirk Cousins. He's a good, solid quarterback. He's reliable. He's dependable. I've got nothing against him. Um, you wouldn't necessarily pay a ticket or go watch him, you know, compared to other quarterbacks. But that doesn't necessarily make him a bad quarterback. But in some people's eyes, it is. I was listening to a pod the other week where someone said Ryan Fitzpatrick was better than Kirk Cousins, and I was like, well, I mean, really? Like, like I love Fitz, and again, he's the kind of person that he makes games watchable because he can go from the supply to the ridiculous in one play. So, but Cousins doesn't do that. He kind of just stays on an even keel. And, 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 but yeah, like... I mean, that's the, that's the reason that Fitzpatrick's bounced around a long, long time because he's never been that consistent player. I mean, he's another one in that sort of Drew Lott, Josh Allen sort of category. It's like, yeah, they've got some amazing stuff. They do mad things, but then you, you just look like... Why would you ever do that kind of thing? So Yeah, exactly. Like I says, um, I like watching Fitz. I've got nothing against Fitzpatrick, but there's a reason why he's never been a franchise quarterback for any franchise that he's ever played for um, because there's going to be some amazing stuff and there's going to be some real kind of like, he did that, really? Like, that happened? Um, and, and, and that's but, but that's kind of what makes him exciting to watch versus someone like Cousins who isn't very exciting to watch, but you kind of know what you're going to get from Kirk Cousins every week, really, you know? That's just the nature of, but yeah, that that's the, like, for example, Kirk Cousins could play 17 games a year and he'll never have like one of those viral Twitter clip passes, you know, where people retweet it and like it a million times. Where Fitzpatrick's the kind of guy that is, and, and that's kind of just, and people go, whoa, Fitzpatrick, he's amazing. Well, it's not like, again, it's such a small sample size. It's not the full story, you know, but that's just life at the minute. Yeah, so I mean, you mentioned how people are going to be high on Stafford if he is success this year in the Rams. What do you what do you see for him and Sean McVay this season? Um, I think they'll win the division. Are you hoping for a Super Bowl? If you like had to pick someone that wasn't the Lions, would you want it to be the Rams this year? Uh, I'm I'm not really kind of like this. This seems to be dividing Lions Twitter at the minute and Lions fans is where um because obviously we have a first round pick from the Rams in the next year's draft, so. Um, some people are like, oh, well, I want Stafford to do well. But then, yeah, but then you want the Lions to have a low pick. I'm not really fussed because having multiple first round picks is a plus anyways. Like if you're picking a fourth overall and then 29th, that's still better than most other teams who have only the one pick in, in, in the first round draft. So I'm not particularly fussed. I hope he shows people how great he is. Um, but like say, for example, if the Rams fell apart and went 3-14 and 14, or they went 14-3, and three, doesn't really affect me. You know. um, it'd be cool to see him in a Super Bowl, in a home Super Bowl, as, as the Rams will host the Super Bowl this upcoming season, or LA will host the Super Bowl. But um, like I said, I'm, I'm not. If he has success, then great for him. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. That's just that's just another team out West that I'm not too fussed about in terms of winning or losing. But I think they'll be, I think offensively they'll be very good. It's weird how they've gone for this. It's like a basketball kind of all-star approach you look at the Rams they probably have the three best players in that division Aaron Donald's the best defensive player in football yep Jalen Ramsey's probably the best cornerback in that division in football I'd go with still you know what I mean and you'd go with football 
Um, and Matthew Stafford is arguably the most talented quarterback out of that lot in the NFC West. So, but I feel like there's not a lot of depth behind That's these the thing stars. with the Rams, is it? Isn't yeah. it? They've got, yeah, it's been the same way for a few years. And then, you know, and, and, and as much as I love Stafford, he, he's prone to getting hurt. You know, obviously he's had the back, the hip, he, he, multitude of concussions and all sorts. Um, so that's my one concern with them is, is in terms of them making a real run at the Super Bowl, I feel like that. I mean, we saw last year when Donald got hurt and he played hurt in the Green Bay game. He wasn't really the same Donald as he was the week before against Seattle. And it just feels like probably have the best individual players, but the, and, and they lost people like Troy Hill. Um, John Johnson. Yeah, John Johnson, who was fantastic for them at the safety position last year. So it does feel like they've lost a lot of depth. It's risky. Um, it's exciting as a neutral because with them sending their next two years first picks to Detroit, they are basically, this is Super Bowl or bust. We're, we're hosting a Super Bowl and we want to play in that Super Bowl. That That is, so as a neutral, it's exciting to see it. Um, but it is risky. And, and I feel like there's a lot of pressure on Sean McVay because when he came into that job, Jared Goff's a heck of a quarterback. You know, we got a good one here. You know what I mean? And, and, and they got to a suit and they got to a Super Bowl and everything felt like, and don't forget like that Monday night game against the Chiefs, he looked a million quid that night, did Goff. Um, and obviously we all know how it ended. McVeigh's got his guy now, um, in inverted quotes, if you like. He's, he's got to make it work because yeah, he's been he's been fortunate that he's had Goff as that. He hasn't had to do anything, but the media has scapegoated him anyway. That's probably not going to happen in the same way with Stafford if things no, don't go the same way. No, no, no. I'd be surprised if it did happen. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, he's had kind of not bad years because the Rams were still a solid team in the years where they've post, post that Super Bowl trip. But, but he had a ready-made scapegoat in Jared Goff and they scapegoated him so much that, like, the guy that Les Snead traded all the way up from 16 to 1, you know, in that 2016 draft, like, hey, look, we're happy to get rid of him and get rid of our first round picks for the next two years just so we can get this guy that we feel is a significant upgrade. Now, while I feel Stafford is an upgrade, that doesn't necessarily mean, and again, I know this is a Lions fan, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win games. You know, they got the Lions are the first ballot Hall of Fame wide receiver and Matthew Stafford, and they still couldn't win games. It's that question feel, of, though, what else did they have uh, behind that? Yeah, that, 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 that's the thing. And, and while the Rams will be better than those Lions teams. That's a very tough division. And while I think they might just sneak the division, I, I don't see them I, I don't see them making a Super Bowl trip. I will say this. If they have to go to Lambeau Field or if they have to go to Raymond James Stadium or to Dallas or whoever, like they got and this I always felt this was an unfair criticism of Goff, but I always felt it like watching those Rams games, is that Goff went to places like Lambeau Field and he probably thought, I don't know if I can win here. That won't be an issue with Stafford because he'll think he can win any game from any position in any stadium, home or away. So I feel like from his point of view, it could be an epic season. With the Rams, I'm just not sure. That makes sense though, because I, I remember the year they went to the Super Bowl and you remember the Rams visiting Chicago and yeah. Goff having a, just a game. It's like, really, this is a Super Bowl quarterback. It's like, yeah. But I, you can see why they felt that they had to make these moves to get a guy in because you can't see, like you mentioned, the lack of depth 
in that entire roster, you do need an elite level quarterback to be able to elevate it. So maybe like, right, this guy's available. We've all seen that he does have the quality. And maybe they felt that, look, Goff, you, you need so much more around him that we're not going to be able to compete at the same level this year. Yeah, and, and I, I would get that kind of argument completely um, because Stafford will elevate talent all day long. Um, that's just, he's, he makes off, poor offensive linemen look good. He makes decent receivers look a lot better than what they should be. Um, I feel like with Stafford, I feel like he's got a massive chip on his shoulder. Um, what I was saying before about before Mahomes, there was Stafford. It's true. Like there was a guy who was his generational talent that fell into the Lions' hands, and they and, and they couldn't do anything with it in terms of here's a guy who can throw for days. He can do everything. Like he is. If you could build a franchise quarterback in a lab, Matthew Stafford is one of the first people you'd roll off the production line because he's a leader. He's tough. He wins games that he should never win. His teammates love him. Like even his last season in Detroit when he had the rolled ankle and broken fingers, he was still going out there and thinking, well, you know, the people in Detroit work six days a week to watch their team on a Sunday. I work less hard than what they do. I'm still going out there even if I want to leave. That's kind of his mentality. I feel like we could say, I hate saying dark horses because like, Everyone but that's he, not a contender at this point is a dark yeah, horse because yeah. it's the NFL offseason. Yeah, yeah. But like he, he's a sneaky, he's a sneaky MVP guy. I get like when the season rolls around, everyone's gonna be obviously understandably like Mahomes, um, Rogers, Josh Allen, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, in terms of the quarter, uh, the MVP. But but I feel like Stafford's the kind of person that could crash that party because he he could be like he could be a phenomenon in terms of his numbers and his play, whether that translates to a Super Bowl, which is the only thing that matters now for the Rams, is an entirely different um, matter. And I'm not sure it does yet because I don't think they're as good as the Bucs. That, yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, the thing is, you look to the Bucks' talent, especially on the back end last season, like, oh, there's some good players, but you would never expect that defense to be as dominating as it was in the Super Bowl, especially shutting down the deep threat of the Chiefs. Yes, they had the pass rush, but you look at those corners like they're nothing special, but a bit of nice defensive coordinating and you've got yourself a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, um, it's an interesting dynamic with the way the Rams have gone with team building. It, it's interesting how those, those teams in the NFC, particularly in the West, are kind of so different in how they decide to build their teams. Like, it feels like the 49ers and the Seahawks are kind of not, maybe not, they're certainly not as aggressive as the Rams, but or the Cardinals for that matter, in terms of the Cardinals traded for Hopkins, they got JJ Watt mm. this offseason, feels like they're trying to make moves that will bridge that gap. And, and then you've got the Rams who are so aggressive that we don't want those first draft, first round picks. We don't want the guy that, you know, we gave all that money to. We're going to make moves. We don't care about the dead cap money. We're going to make moves that make the present team better instead of having that kind of security blanket of, well, we've still got the picks. We're still in a good position cap-wise, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's just an interesting, it's an interesting division, but um, no, they'll be exciting to watch. E- even as, as, like a, as a news story to follow throughout the season, mm. I think the Rams are going to be... I mean, that division in general is, is so exciting to watch, but um, as a news story, they're going to be one of the lead stories everywhere because of 
being Super Bowl hosts, McVeigh, Stafford, how is it all going to shake out? So it'll be exciting to watch for sure. From a personal um, view from Matthew Stafford, what would you say he has to do with a Ram the next like four or five seasons to have a shot at like the Hall of Fame? Because we all know talent-wise, at the end of the day, you've got to get accolades if you want to get in. Yeah, um, it's hard to say because like my kind of Hall of Fame threshold is different to a lot of other people. So like obviously, for example, like I'd class Stafford currently in a kind of similar position to Philip Rivers was. Mm. Um, now a lot of people feel like Rivers will go in the Hall of Fame. If it was my decision and my decision solely, I don't think he should go in the Hall of Fame because I don't think you can get into the Hall of Fame without a Super Bowl title to your name. And I think that's what Stafford's got to do with the least. And and that's what he's there for. Super Bowl and MVP over like four seasons, would you say, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And then, then he's in the conversation. Again, it's very difficult because you look at some of the quarterbacks that aren't in the Hall of Fame yet. Um, but yeah, Super Bowl and MVP. Because again, like a lot of people say, oh, is Stafford a Hall of Famer if you retire now? Again, I love the guy, but in my opinion, no. Because that level of success, like the numbers are there, but kind of like it's such a pass-heavy league that everyone has really good numbers that's the thing yeah. you're gonna to have to retire and get in before this whole wave retires because like eli manning is probably gonna get it first of all he's got the two super bowls but also if he if you compare his numbers to some of the other guys at the latter end playing now it's not even the same stratosphere yeah yeah i know i, I mean eli's eli's a really interesting conversation if he didn't have the two super bowls or, or even if he had just the one mm. but, but the fact that like he was so good in both of those runs that, that that'll get him in regardless because, like, he was kind of just like an above-average quarterback. Um, yeah. that, as an Eagles fan, I was never worried about playing Eli Manning in the Giants. It never was like, oh, my God, what's he going to do in this yeah, last-minute yeah. drive? So it's, it's a bit of a weird one, him. Yeah, like, like he's he's a really odd one. Um, but he'll get in because he's got the two Super Bowl rings. Like, I, I'd probably say Rivers was a better quarterback, but he doesn't have the Super Bowl rings. Yeah, I would agree with you. And the, and the two Super Bowl MVPs that Eli does, and that will get Eli in automatically. I think for Stafford, um, it, it, it's Super Bowl and kind of maybe one or two MVP caliber seasons. Whether Not necessarily wins, winning the award, just being yeah, up there yeah. and the people actually remember. Oh, remember when Stafford was in that MVP, MVP. race? Yeah, because yeah. Bree, Bree's never won a MVP and he's a Hall of Famer. But yeah, then he, yeah, he, is yeah. The, he is the records, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. So, yeah, um, although if Stafford played till forty, I, I imagine he'd, he'd push. He'd push, but I, I can't see him. He's been more knocked up than the other guys. Yeah, have, yeah. Well, well, I mean, people like Breeze and Brady, they could get away with it um, for their ages. But yeah, it's a Super Bowl and and kind of being in the MVP race one or two seasons, I, I think brings him a lot closer to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and looking at the team, like you said, they've traded away two first round picks. Does that Super Bowl run have to almost be this year or next year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I, I think I think I think they've seen what the Bucks did in terms of get all these players together and we're going to the Super Bowl in our home stadium. Obviously, they didn't know there was going to be a global pandemic, but we're going to win it in front of our own fans, type of thing. The Rams have got this shiny new stadium that they paid billions, and this is why they moved from St. Louis to Los Angeles. Mm. You know, um, th- th- this is what they came for. So I feel like the next two seasons. They almost have to get there. And, and again, I love Stafford, but would he be considered or would the move be considered a failure if they didn't get to the Super Bowl? Probably. 
Um, That's why you swing for the fences for to win a championship. You don't exactly. swing. You don't swing to go to the NFC Championship and no, lose no, there. You don't, um, and that's why it's so exciting because I think so many teams are kind of happy to um, almost like tread water. Like I look at like someone like the Bears and the Vikings, where they kind of and my Lions would be um, in the Jim Caldwell era would have been the same team where like I look, we're just happy to be eight and eight, nine and seven, and just kind of wow, we had a decent season. I was like, yeah, but. Oh no, we just missed out on the wild card. Shame. Let's yeah, go again, yeah. lads. Yeah, yeah. Like to me, it's like, well, it, that's nowhere. You know, it, it, it's it's not like, for example, like in 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 English football. Obviously, you have relegation and promotion and things like that. So, so there's always something to kind of like, oh well, we stayed up, we achieved something. But like, if you go seven, seven and eight, or eight and seven, or whatever, like the Bears, for example, did the Bears really achieve anything last season? Like they snuck into the playoffs with the extra wild card spot. They went home in the first round. They still had a ton of problems. Like, nothing got solved for the Bears. Um, they're no closer to a Super Bowl appearance because that season, you know, like sometimes teams, like, for example, if a team won an FA Cup or they finished fifth or fourth and people say, oh, we can build upon that. Yeah. Can't really, it doesn't work like that in the NFL because the Bears are just as much likely to go, like, four and 13. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, it's sort of exemplified, isn't it? Whether they went, they got there, they made the playoffs. You think, oh, maybe we'll be safe. But Matt Nagy's still worried about his job. Ryan Pace as well, which is why they trade up for Justin Fields because they know that sneaking into a wild card team place when basically half the half the conference makes the wild card nowadays yeah. anyway isn't really an achievement. Yeah, it, it, it's it's so that's why, like, from a Rams perspective, it is exciting because. A lot of teams aren't like they, they are like hey, listen if, if we're gonna go we're gonna go for it, well we may as well really go for it um that's why it's going to be so fascinating to follow because that is the hardest division to predict i think in the nfc i think the other three or certainly two of them who knows with the nfc's but the, certainly two of them are kind of fairly predictable in terms of who should win the division yeah depending on where the west you ask 400 different people you might get 400 different permutations and results it, it does feel like it's going to be a battle royale so so the rams are all in on in a division where even if they won it they won't be the number one seed or the number two seed no because you're in a tight division you're going to get yeah. wins taken off you it's yeah. going to be what you probably know. the bucks or the packers because they, yeah yeah you've got to beat down your division exactly so um it, it's a fascinating storyline and then the pressure for the first time really in his super in his tenure there the pressure's really on Sean McVay to deliver and is it a different situation for Stafford as well because he's now on a team that expects to win um yes and no in one sense because obviously the Lions' reward for going 0 16 <laughs> was that they got Matthew Stafford so he came in with not pressure in terms of what I was saying earlier about the Packers' pressure but like almost like a desperation type of pressure like like Lions fans in the city of Detroit are desperate for a winner and Stafford was meant to be that guy. So I think there was pressure already on him there. I don't think the pressure of Hollywood and Super Bowl run and ah, uh, you got so to... It's a you Trevor know. Lawrence kind of pressure that it was. It's like, oh, this guy's supposed to be ready-made. We'll be into the Super Bowl in two yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's what it was when he first came into the league. It's like, whoa, well, you know, like this is, this is what we've got told for 16 weeks. When we kept losing, this is what's going to be the saviour of this franchise. So he came in already with an entire city's pressure on his shoulders. Um, I, I don't think, I, I don't think the pressure of being in a Super Bowl or bust situation with the Rams is going to affect him. 
also it's a question if the Rams fans actually seem to care about football and that's not saying that no Ram fans cared but there's a reason that like in LA you get half the stadium is full of away fans yeah yeah it, 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 it's a really strange one it's almost more like a Premier League thing that you've actually got away fans it's, it's just you don't see it much in the NFL because of how how long space, how spaced out the teams are exactly yeah 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 it's it's, it's one of the um weird differences you see in like our football compared to the NFL so I mean the one of the only news storylines we've actually got going apart from the projections for the offseason it's another basically projection is Julio Jones apparently is probably likely to be traded this week I mean this is coming out on Tuesday so hopefully he won't have already gone somewhere by the time this is released but if you had to pick a team and it's probably not going to be for more than a second round pick where would you see Julio going see this is one like it's the middle of May or the end of May. Like, I, I genuinely have no idea because, like, it's almost like every team um, has been linked with him at some point. Because why um, wouldn't you? It's Julio Jones if you can get you know, him for a second round pick. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I saw there was really short odds that the Lions would take him. I'm like, really? Like, you know, um, I think they were like the second. Uh, the American betting system is a bit different here, so it's not like seven to one on eight one. It's like plus three hundred, plus two hundred. But they had really short odds. Um, I don't even know thinking, really, but I'll answer this question like this. The team that I'd put top of that list who should make the phone call to Atlanta is Baltimore. Yeah. You know, that, 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 that for me is, if I was doing a power rankings of who's most desperate for Julio Jones, like it's weird, I saw, because Ben, who do we do the podcast with, is a Seahawks fan, and the Seahawks have been heavily linked with them over the weekend. I was like, where do you really fit him in? Like, he is DK Metcalf. Yeah, yeah. Like, so while he would be a great addition, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure how that kind of works in terms of, like, if you got him, you've got DK Metcalf. Like, like I'm not really. They play the same position, so I, I don't know how you're gonna. I mean, you've, you've got the benefit that Jones is a better route runner, but then it seems like a waste to play Jones in that he's not sort of the the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I find that bizarre. It seems like the Rams are out on him the last time I checked. Um, just, on, just on the internet, it seems like the Rams are not going to go for him. I mean, to be fair to the Rams, they've got no picks, really, to um to deal with anymore. Yeah, we'll give you three um, seconds in 14 years' time. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, well, <laughs> where are they going to go with that one? Um, so that's why, like, for me, I, I feel like Baltimore should be the team that makes the most phone calls to get this deal done because... There's a team that doesn't really have a true number one receiver. Are you not a Rashad Bateman believer, or is it the fact that he's a rookie? It's the fact that he's a rookie. Um, he could develop into one, but it, it's just it's such a steep learning curve for for all rookies, you know. And, and this is another team um, that we feel is in a Super Bowl ish window in terms of they got an MVP quarterback. They should have done better in 2019 when they got oh, who beat them in 2019 again. It was the um, Titans, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 the Titans. Um, and then obviously last year they got sent home by Buffalo. So so it feels like this is a team that's knocking on the door without really kind of breaking it down. And I think come through the AFC, you think Buffalo's offense is going to be strong again this year, or in theory it should be. Kansas City's offense is going nowhere. At some, at some point, as much as I like running the football and I like old-school football, like you're going to have to give Lamar Jackson someone they can just go like even a 50 50 ball that can just go up and moss someone, yeah. you know, like, and he doesn't have that. And so 
it, it makes their offense very kind of one-dimensional. It's still a strong dimension, and they're going to win a lot of games. But when you're up against like the great defensive coordinators, they find a way to stop your strengths. So yeah, you need that B yeah. plan. You know, and 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 for me, Jones is like I'm a big Julio Jones fan. I always thought like he's the closest thing I've seen post Megatron to Megatron, and he's been to a Super Bowl before. He's kind of coming. Not not to the end, but like he's in the later stages of his career, so you know he's going to be motivated. He said in that phone call he wants to win. The, the only I suppose downside for Baltimore is you might not want to go there if it's because it's such a tough division to call. Mm. It's another one similar to the NFC West. I mean, apart from the Bengals, but you ask three different people, you're going to get three different results with that division. Um, unless you ask Steelers fans, they'll just say we're going to win everything. Yeah, that's what um, I can't say. <laughs> yeah, but if I'm Baltimore. I, I make the call. Like, to me, it's just such a natural fit. Like, I've seen some teams kind of link with him and, like, Dallas has been mentioned and yeah, Rams and everybody else. But for me, get, get him in that purple and, and see what Lamar Jackson can do as a passer because it's so bizarre. Like, this is drafted in 2018, so I think this is going to be his fourth season in the NFL. Yeah, like third um, full season. Yeah, yeah, third or fourth season in the NFL. And like, people are like, well, we have no idea what Lamar Jackson's like as a passing quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's, it's but, but get him someone that can take some of that pressure off him. Because I like people like Hollywood Brown, but, but uh, Willie Sneed and all those guys, but they're all kind of number two or slot guys. Yeah, just... the thing is with Hollywood Brown, you don't trust him to win one-on-one. And that was, yeah. that was actually last year. Like, kicked off the season like oh Lamar Jackson's actually taken a step forward in his passing game he's looking great and granted they weren't against the top teams in the league but he, he looked really good as a, just a passer and then Hollywood Brown when the going gets tough do you trust him to beat Davis White one-on-one when he needs to I, I just don't no I know I, I don't either like I get exactly where you're coming from I think there's a lot of things he does well but you just don't think he's like, he's not the guy that stands across from a cornerback and thinks, I'm going to dominate you today, mm. you know? And, and and Jones is of that mindset. And the thing is, you can probably do it more often than not, you know? That's just kind of how he's built. Um, where, where Brown isn't, and I do feel like in, in what is becoming like the AFC arms race, Baltimore needs something to kind of stay in gear. I know it's, 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 it's cool to be like the different guys and listen, we're going to play Baltimore football, we're going to run the ball down your throat and we're going to bludgeon you over the head until you bleed. But at some point when Kansas City is just going like like it's a basketball game yeah. or Josh Allen's taking deep shots. You need to on, catch on, up. Yeah, on second and shots. You need something to kind of keep you in that, particularly because it makes you... With, Baltimore still aren't a very good team chasing because of how run-heavy they are. If you can add a different element to your passing game, you could become a better team playing from behind as opposed to always expecting to be in front, which isn't going to happen come... Well, it's not going to happen in that division. It's not going to happen, certainly, in the playoffs. Yeah. No team gets worse, adding Julio Jones. What about the team that we were speaking about mainly for the majority of this podcast? Are you surprised, sort of, with the anger that there is from Aaron Rodgers that the Packers haven't even been linked with Julio? Um, no, no, that that I, I understand from like like that, that 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 would be a legitimate gripe for Rogers and Packers fans or Rogers fans to have because like there's a guy who's as good as it gets. But again, I suppose I can understand it from but we'd have to give up so much. And and this is the thing with the Packers is historically they don't they like draft picks. Yeah, you know, like that's their security blanket. That's what keeps the franchise sustainable for so long. And I could just see them in the... We've got Devontae Adams, like, 
we really need to give up even a second for, for Julio. Like, to me, it's just not a move that they'd make. Mm. Um, even though, like, again, I'm saying it as neutral, it would be really exciting to watch. Um, but, but, but yeah, like, like that, that I'd have a legitimate gripe with. Like, if I was Rogers, I'd be like, well, can we not at least make a phone call? You know, so, 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 did we get so, it for a third? Just yeah, give it, yeah. Give it... like, 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 see, see what we'll we throw can in do. Jordan Love. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because, um, because Julio, like you said, Julio Jones makes any team better. And if the Packers had him, I will say this, and this is kind of the crapshoot of the playoffs and not knowing particularly as we're still in May, like signing Julio Jones or trading for him wouldn't make Green Bay a Super Bowl favorite in the NFC. Like, like you wouldn't be like, oh, we'll ink them in already. Do you know what I mean? Um, it makes them better, but they're still Brady and the Bucks are still kind of lurking. And they're not going anywhere. They re-signed everyone that played in the Super Bowl that was a pending free agent. And that, that's what I can see the Packers thinking as well. Do we really want to give up a draft pick or multiple draft picks to get a guy that, okay, he'll make us better, but he's not going to guarantee the success? Like, yeah. it, it just feels... And, and, and they've always kind of been a conservative front office. Um, it just feels like the move they wouldn't do. But I could understand Rogers, And this is what Rogers should be doing. Instead of, like, airing his grievances through, like, other mediums, um, he should be saying... Listen, let's let's try and make a move here. Let's see what we can do to make this team better. Yeah. Just tweeting Julio Jones say, Oh, you're a great player, would love to play with you someday. That because that gets people talking at very well. Least. Well, 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 the thing with Julio is it seems after the phone call thing, it seems like he's happy to talk on any platform. Yeah. On, on, on... Well, whether he knew or not is a different matter then, isn't well, it? Yeah, yeah. I I'll, I'll be honest, I don't think he knew. Um, do you reckon? Which, I mean, they they run that show every was it undisputed every single yeah, day, yeah. same time. You've got to know if you're Julio Jones, surely. You'd think so. Um, and you can hear Skate Bayless in the background anyway, just yapping in his voice. Yeah, yeah. You'd think. I mean, I mean, I will say this: like, if you didn't know, obviously it's a big story, particularly from like a media point of view. If you knew and you still said it, I mean, like, how the hell do you still walk back into the Atlanta locker room? You know, or just like poor Arthur Smith. He's, he's like. <laughs> <laughs> the best player on his on his team goes on TV and says, "Oh, I want out." You know, like and, and no one said it as well. It's different, like for example, if oh look, listen, Arthur, look, if you have a chat somewhere in the building, oh look, I'd like to leave. But, but going on like you know, sports television and saying it out loud is a completely. And then obviously the world went bananas, um, as you'd expect. But um, I, yeah. I can see from his point of view. The rumours he was going to leave anyway, so it's the fact that it weakens Atlanta's bargaining position if everyone knows that Julio is basically up for sale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like, if you'd said to me six weeks ago, ah, oh, Julio Jones for a second round, second round pick, Julio Jones, like, you can take that. You know what I mean? Is it, give me Julio Jones. I'd, I'd take that all day. Um, which is the most amazing and absurd thing of the thing is like, there's a guy who's kind of on the Hall of Fame periphery as it stands. And, and, he could go for a second round pick. Like that's, that's to me, uh, like if, if I'm a team that needs a receiver, a true number one receiver, like make that phone call and don't look back. Well, even if I'm a contender, he's going to yeah, push yeah. you a bit. Like if you've got a strong receiving core, like all the, chi all the Chiefs players are like, you know what, we've got great receivers. It's not going to hurt adding Julio Jones, is it? Yeah. Well, I had a friend of mine say, what if you went to the books? This is, that would be, that would be some story in itself, but it, you could just say like, even if you've got 
And the thing is, it didn't even sound outlandish. Like, if I'm Tampa Bay, just make a phone call. The worst thing is, like, they say no or Julio says no. Same division, though, isn't it? It's like... Yeah, which means the price will be higher. Um, And also, obviously, like, new GM in Atlanta, if he dealt Julio Jones to a divisional rival, like, you're already kind of losing the PR battle. You know? Especially when he comes back twice this year and puts up yeah. 100 yards on you yeah, twice. Yeah, yeah, Which, I mean, like, I would say to Falcons fans, like, well, you're not even competing rivals or competing with the Bucs. Um, but it's just kind of like, as a new GM, that's the last thing you want is the fans already kind of on your back. Yeah, 100%. All right, so I think, I think we have covered everything, though, today. I mean, basically, because we're in May and nothing is going on. But if you had to do your early, <laughs> early May pick for Super Bowl champion, regardless of odds... Who would you go for? You sticking with the Bucks? Um, who was the last team that won back-to-back Super Bowl titles? Was it the Patriots in the mid 2000s Would have been the pa- Patriots yeah. later than that. They when in their second um, run, didn't, was it not three and four years? They won three and four years, but was it back-to-back? I'm trying to think. They won in '49. They won uh, obviously '51. It had to be back. It has to be back-to-back if it's three and four years at some point. Yeah, you'd have thought so. Um, yeah, well, well, either way, it's the Patriots. So it feels like it feels like that. The, the and this is the crazy thing about Brady is like he's won seven Super Bowls, MVPs galore. He's made millions and millions of pounds. He's going in the Hall of Fame basically as soon as like the minute he's eligible, he's in. They yeah. may as well make they may as well make the bust of him now, you know. Um, well, you don't know how old he's going to look when he actually retires. No, that's so that's true. that's the that's issue. True. Um, but he's still got this insane desire to win. Mm. That's what that's what um kind of astonishes me about that guy. Like here's a guy who's done everything and he still feels the need to prove people wrong. He still yeah. feels the need like to um to come back and, and win more and more and more. It's tough because obviously history says that not many teams can go back to back. And that something will happen at some point that, like, well, it'll derail it. We'll see in the NFC, they're probably the deepest team, um, particularly amongst kind of their starters. Obviously, they kept all their veteran free agents. But, but, but just to be different, um, do you know what I'd love to see? I'd love to see the Buffalo. I hope this I hope this had happened last year. I'd love to see the Bills beat Brady in the Super Bowl. Like, there's just such a great storyline. Like, there's the I guy like that. that. Like, like, there's like, because people forget. Obviously, Buffalo went to four, four Super Bowls. I love that documentary, Four Falls of Buffalo, um, and they were kind of the team of the early to mid '90s. And obviously, by the end of that decade, there's a guy called Brady, and he makes their life hell for twenty years, you know. And and, and Homer away, like the Bills became the Patriots' whipping boys, and now he's gone, and the Patriots had a down year, and the Bills are kind of on the up. It would be amazing to see Buffalo play Tom Brady in a Super Bowl. Um, and, yeah. and, and finally, and finally, and, and that feels like their fairy tale come true. Like having been to four Super Bowls in a row, not winning a single one, wide right, and everything else. It feels like so. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to see, because um, the Lions won't win it. I'd love to see <laughs> Buffalo. I'd love to see Buffalo win win a Super Bowl against against Tom Brady. That, that well, would there's, be... that, there's that thing with Brady, isn't he? I think he's like the winningest quarterback in Ralph Wilson Stadium or something yeah, ridiculous yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah, which yeah, is like... Yeah. How can you let that happen? And you were right, by the way, was the earlier Patriots dynasty because the Denver Broncos won that Super Bowl Super in between. Bowl. So it's yeah. three, three and five years, not three and six. Um, but yeah, it just shows how difficult it is to do it. Um, I will say they're probably set up 
better than some recent Super Bowl winners to win it. But then so many kind of, like, for example, the Kansas City Chiefs obviously lost an offensive lineman to the pandemic. Then they had two injuries in the NFC uh, in the AFC Championship game. And so all of a sudden, they were probably the Super Bowl favorite going into last season. And then they lose three of their starting linemen, one to a global pandemic that nobody saw happening, and then two injuries and injuries were as common as anything in the NFL. And it can get ripped away from you in a hurry. But um, as it is May, and because, like, who knows what might happen in November, like Tom Brady might tear his Achilles or something like that. Um, because it's May and he hasn't torn his Achilles, I think they'll play in the Super Bowl. But I hope, I'd, I'd love it if, if it was the Buffalo Bills. To, um, because the party would be insane. It would, especially post-COVID now. Everyone's yes. allowed out. Go yeah. have a party in Buffalo. You know, like, it, it would be it would be about minus 10 or something like that in January or <laughs> February, early February. But but it would be it, it would be an amazing storyline for for one of the, like, what I like to call the small town teams. Like, they're not Dallas. They're not New York. Um, they're not New England now. You know, they're kind of this parochial team that plays in the cold part of New York. People forget they're actually New York's real team because the Giants... The other ones the in Jets, New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, they don't actually play in New York. Um, but it would be amazing to see. So, yeah, yeah, let's go for the Buffalo Bills. Nice. I do like that pick. And thank you again for coming on the show. We've been meaning to get this sorted out for a while. Nice. No problem. No problem at all. Yeah, so make sure everyone does go follow Babu one on Twitter and... Make sure you check again on the Franchise 33 NFL show. Is that coming out every Wednesday now? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, it's, it's, I, I'd love to say, like, I have, but I'm not involved in the editing process, so I'm not really... like We record it, we record it later tonight. Um, I think it'll probably come up Wednesday. Make sure you check out all of our socials at The Dropback on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, thedropback.com for all of our articles. Make sure you check out our live stream on Thursday on Brit Bowling as well as all of our social media site. I've been Sam and until next time, goodbye. The Drop Back with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns-Peak, Joe Costanzo and Sam Wilson. Even in May, like talking football is fun, you know what I mean?